All right, welcome. Welcome back to the Biblos Network. We are so glad that you have decided to join in with us. I pray that the blessing and the favor of God is at work in your life, that you are enjoying the blessing of the Lord. It is a great day to be apostolic. Thank you to everyone that has supported us and that has written to us and called us. Um, when we began Biblos, it was our hope and it was our dream to be able to edify the body of Christ. Also, to we wanted to create a pocket Bible study teacher, a 24-hour-a-day Bible study teacher. I get tired. I get weary. But the guy that comes across on your screen, he's there all day, every day, and he's always fresh in his thinking, and his words are coming out. After 9 p.m., my words are jumbling together, and I'm slowly collapsing into my bed. <laughs> Those that know me know I'm up early, and I'm in bed early as well. But the, on the Internet, we can reach into places that we heretofore could not and I pray that, that if you know somebody that needs to know about a certain topic, send them a link, share it with them. The oneness of God, Jesus' name, baptism, speaking with other tongues. And hopefully, hopefully we can, we can help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'll give a shout out. Um, there's, there's two young preachers, young pastors that have both reached out to me this last week. And there are people in their cities that came to their churches because of Biblos, got baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy ghost. They said, we are here because we watched Biblos. We found that you are an apostolic church and we're excited about it. So if that has happened to you, if people have heard about Biblos, have come to church or been, you've been impacted by that, please let me know. I love to hear the testimonies and we will share them with the body of Christ. If you want to help us, you can go to thebiblosnetwork.org and you can order a hoodie, you can order a hat, you can order a mug, a tumbler. And I, I can't say it for certain, but I have heard that coffee tastes better in a Biblos mug. It just tastes better. So you can read the scripture in the morning while you hold your Biblos mug and you begin your day right. So, all right. I wanted to I wanted to talk about something that's been kind of ruminating in my my spirit here the last couple of weeks. I want to talk about a leadership style. It's a it's a style that on the surface might it might seem naive. It might seem simplistic. I have been accused maybe criticized by some that feel that I'm too lax or that I am too um, open with, with the way I approach leadership. Maybe I am. I, I try to be balanced. But I want to read a portion of Scripture here in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. It starts at verse 12. Paul tells the church at Colossia, he says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercy, mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. 
That always stood out to me, that phrase right there. It is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I want to talk to you about the bond of perfectness. The bond of perfectness. Now that's an awkward sounding thing. It's a King James thing. It's an old English thing. So maybe I will title this the perfect shackle. It's the perfect handcuffs. <laughs> it's the bond of perfectness. Charity. Charity, the love of God, is the greatest bond that we have at our disposal. And I want to say that in the context of leadership because leaders need to understand that how we lead matters. I believe firmly that we are supposed to lead by the love of God. Now, before I launch into what I'm going to say, let me tell you what I'm not saying. A lot of times people that are beginning to compromise the doctrine and they're beginning to move away from a scriptural foundation will emphasize the love of God. Everything will be the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. And, and what they're really saying is we're going to be permissive to people. We're going to let people do whatever they want to do and we're going to call that love. I just love everybody. <laughs> love, love, love. Just keep giving money in the offering plate, and I'll tell you I love you. That's not love. Giving people everything they want, that, that would be akin to just giving your child everything that they want as a parent, and if they want it, they can have it, and that's because I love them. I, I love them so much, I'll give them whatever they want, and that's a good way to create a monster. And so it is in the kingdom of God. Love involves strength. It involves courage. There's such a thing as tough love. We, we speak the truth in love. In meekness, we instruct those that oppose themselves. And so I'm careful to qualify that and say, I do not mean permissiveness. I do not mean weakness in doctrine. Uh, the same God who robed himself in flesh, um, he, and, and it, he was the epitome. He epitomized love on the earth. That God turned the tables over in the temple. He rebuked the Pharisees. He spoke strongly. And the Bible says he didn't speak as the scribes or the Pharisees. He spake as one that had authority. Love doesn't mean weak. Just because a person is kind doesn't make them weak. And I did a session on this. And if you get some time, I would encourage you to hear it. Meekness is not weakness. I could spend a whole session talking about meekness and literally the, the harnessing of great power. That is what meekness is. Great strength brought underneath the harnessing power of God and his word. But I'm talking about the bond of perfectness today or maybe to bring it into modern vernacular, the bond of perfection, the perfect bond. 
And so to, to pastors that are listening, to saints that are listening, to whoever, whatever ministerial capacity you're going to operate in, I want to talk to you, and I want to say this. Force and aggression and threats and intimidation, those are all worldly approaches to leadership. Fear should not be the governing force in our life. We should not do things because we are afraid that we're going to get in trouble. I'm not serving God because I'm afraid. Fear is a very weak bond. Force is a very weak bond. If you try to force your kids to serve the Lord, when they turn 18, they are gone. They will begin to rebel. They will tell you that they are going to follow things and secretly they're going to live a double life. If you push them and force them and, and, and really try to control every movement that they make, you cannot legislate righteousness. You can't force people to do something they don't want to do. They might obey while you're in the room and while you're bigger than them and stronger than them, but when they gain strength, they will cast off all of the threats and all of the games and all the intimidation and the mind games. That's a very weak form of leadership. A person that is governed by fear will obey you while you're in the room. And when you leave, what they truly want to do will emerge. And so there are, there are people that will try to preach righteousness and make it a list of rules and they will, they will outlaw everything. And you can just keep on outlawing things and this isn't right and that's not right. And I preach against this and I preach against that until finally you, you're preaching against fresh air. <laughs> God help us. And people live in misery and they, it's, everything's can't, 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 don't, don't, don't. That's not why God made choice. God made choice so that men and women could make their choices based on the principles of the word of God. And I choose to follow Jesus Christ because I love him, not because I fear him. And so I believe that love, true love, charity, is the greatest bonding element in the cosmos. I mean 1 Corinthians 13 love. Love that beareth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, believeth all things, that vaunteth not itself, behaveth itself not unseemly, is not puffed up. That charity. The, the, the 1 Corinthians 13 man, the 1 Corinthians 13 woman, the greatest leaders I've ever known loved people. Jesus loved people. He was moved with compassion. He gave of himself. God so loved the world that he gave. There is a giving. There is a sacrificial element to it. There is a pouring out. And I cannot outgive God. The more I give, the more God gives me. And that is a scripture that resonates in my mind when I think of that where the apostle said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. It's an inexhaustible supply of wealth and riches that God gives to help his people. So love gives. And I want to give you an illustration of this. Um, 
there are very fond memories I have of my grandmother, both my grandmothers, my grandmother Stafford and my grandmother Urshan. I loved them dearly. They were precious, precious saints of God, and they were marked by their love. When we would go to their home, I can still remember the smell of their home. We would walk into my grandma Urshan's home and there would be spices and there would be food and there would be Persian food and, and there would be uh, music playing and, and, and there would be laughter that would, that would rebound around the walls and it was, it was a place of embracing and love and it was just this warm, wonderful, hospitable place. And then when I would go to my grandma Stafford's, it was the same thing. You would smell dumplings and, and soups and, and popcorn and just wonderful, wonderful things. And there'd be laughter and there'd be family and we'd be gathered around and the elders and, and the children and the grandchildren. And what a time. We loved going to grandma's house. And now to this day, my mother is the same way. Nobody has to twist my arm to go to mom's and dad's house. Nobody has to has to threaten and you better not leave this house. If you do, you're, something terrible is going to happen to you and you can't do this and you can't do that. And they're not always beating them over the head and watching their behavior and trying to control them. And if they do leave, then they, they assassinate their character and their reputation and they're evil because they left. And none of that. Those are weak bonds. Your children won't stay in church if it's a police state. You know, there's a reason why people are dying to get out of North Korea and they're dying to get into the United States. It has nothing to do with all the barbed wire you can put up and the walls that are gray and, and ugly and the guards that patrol. That's not what keeps people in. What keeps people in is joy and love and opportunity and the chance to thrive and to create and to grow. That's the bond of perfection. So churches should be a place of joy. I want my children to run to the house of God. We made up in our mind that we weren't going to talk about church trouble. We weren't going to talk about people. We weren't going to talk about preachers negatively. We were going to celebrate the goodness of God. I wanted to have functions in the fall that were church-oriented, that were filled with God's people, God's wonderful and great people, the saints of God. And I wanted their memories to be filled with joy. I wanted them to associate the crispness of autumn, the crunch of the leaves underfoot, the smell of wood smoke in the air and a dark starlit sky and the laughter of God's people, the murmur of conversation in the firelight at a church activity, a hayride with a sweet smelling hay and the diesel fumes and the shrieks of laughing children <laughs> and the church mothers and the church elders talking and when they grow older, I want the young to remember I want them to remember that. I want it to be memories of love. To this day, I can remember the chicken noodle dinners at my home church, and I can remember the apple cobbler, and I can remember the elders sitting at a table playing dominoes, playing checkers and laughing, and, and I can remember the children carrying the boxes. We would, we would serve the community with chicken noodle dinners. We couldn't wait to do it. 
and we'd help with the cleanup and everybody worked together and the kids would go out back and play ball and they'd wrestle around and then that would be Friday and Saturday and then Sunday there would be worship and there would be church and we'd have a grand time. And to this day I run to the house of God. It is a refuge. It is not a place to escape. Nobody twists my arm to go to mom's house. When mom puts on gumbo, I come running. <laughs> when she puts on grape leaves, dolma, dolmates. When she, when she makes her slicks, her dumplings. When dad laughs and, and he's talking scripture and, and they're, they're, they're having a time for the family to join together, I run to that place of refuge. Sometimes when my days are hectic and, and I can't get away from the crush of people, I go to mom's house, I go to dad's house, and there I can have some respite, I can have some peace. And I'm with the people I love. You can't pry that out of my hands. It is far more powerful a bond than any threat than any coercion, than any fear-based tactic could ever be. I'm tethered, I'm tied to those that I love with an unshakable bond. How much more to Jesus Christ and to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is why when Naomi looked at Ruth and at Orpah, that Naomi, rather, Ruth looked at Naomi and said, whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge and your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm not leaving Israel. There's too much blessing in Israel. I will not go back to Moab, but I will stay with the people of God. What a blessing. In the Old Testament, they would, when they, when they found that, that being a servant in the house of Israel was better than being a slave or rather than being a free man or woman out among the pagan and the heathen. To be God's bondman or bondwoman was better, a better life, a more gracious life than to be free with the enemies of God. They would take their ear to the doorpost of the house and they would pierce it through with an awl, a sharp instrument. And it was a sign that they were forever indebted to the master of that home. Just let me be in God's house. Let me be with God's people. There is a bond greater than any of the human mechanisms and all the psychological games that leaders try to play with people. Love will fix that. Love will tether things, not just to you, but to Jesus Christ himself. There's a reason people run to Jesus. There's a reason people, men, women, gave their lives in service of Jesus Christ. I love him. I honor him. It is the perfect shackle. It is the perfect tether. So when you preach, preach it. Preach your message with bowels of mercy. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Oh, I've suffered long with some people. <laughs> there are some people, God bless their hearts, they're just a mess. But they're God's mess. And God, and, and I was a mess at one time, and so were you. And I thank God he was long-suffering with me. The kingdom of God is filled with characters and individuals and people with foibles and, and 
idiosyncrasies and eccentricities. But they conform. They conform to the presence of God and the image of Jesus Christ. And I love them. And my king loves me. This is the bond of perfection. It's the perfect shackle. It tethers people not with chains, not with ropes, but with God's great love. So love people, encourage them, and you will find that they won't leave you. They will stay with you all the way to the new Jerusalem. So I hope it helps you. I hope it blesses you. Until next time, God bless you, God keep you, and God cause his face to shine upon you.